Welcome to For What It's Worth. This is episode something. I'm not looking at my notes. Season six. Season six and episode seven. seven. Be grateful or be a Jew like tugs. Uh, wow. I didn't proofread that. <laughs> That's kind of obvious now. So the topic Whoops. today is gratitude. Yes. It is the topic that Tugs and I do every year to celebrate this holiday season. But before we get into that, Tugs, how have you been today? Uh, I should look at what I've been up to. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I know this isn't really what I've been up to, but I just want to tell everyone that um, we are recording with new hardware today. If we sound a little different, it's because... We now have aligned our portable recorder, and we have dumped the mixer board and gotten instead a beautiful Zoom UAC8 audio interface. Da, 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 da. Which I'm still figuring some of it out, and these guys have been wonderfully patient with me. Um, it allows everyone to be recorded constantly on their own track, so that way when Rue says something inappropriate, we don't have to bleep the whole Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh-huh. Um, so I, that was one of our Patreon goals, and I've been wanting this forever. And because it's that time of year when you get those little bonuses, uh, that's what I bought. Yay! And it's on Lent to the show until, I don't know, it's, so, on, it's on long-term Lent. In other words, thank you, patrons, for making our show, and thank you, Tugs' wallet, for making our show sound much more amazing. I think we sound way better. Uh, the other thing is that we, instead of putting that money towards uh, getting this interface, we have started a site overhaul. Now, the site's not officially launched. It might be by the time that you're hearing this. It's not done yet. I've been doing a little bit at a time because there's a lot of stuff on there. Uh, but the so far, uh, Rue, Rue, give us your initial impressions of the new theme. Initial impressions. And, and, and don't give me this like extreme, like it's a 10 out of 10. Because you're either like, it sucks or it's amazing. So give me the real review that's not, it sucks or it's amazing. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, um, there is... It's it's a better update. There's a better music player that's in it as well. It's not Flash-based anymore. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. That makes life so much better. Um, but I like the fact that there's a mobile version. There are some things that the mobile version isn't really um, coming over completely. There's some... Uh, colors that are black instead. There's aesthetic things that need to be changed and, and some coding errors that we need to fix. Um, so it'll be a while uh, before it's perfect. But overall, I think it's a good um, new look for the show. Um, I do think that there's some areas that like people don't necessarily need to comment like there's a comment section in every single site, but there's not really a way. To... Oh, um, I'll fix that. Okay. Please don't go commenting on every comment on the show notes. <laughs> Let's comment on the contact us page. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Why do you suck so bad? <laughs> I'm going to come and murder you. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I kill you. So what else have you been up to, Mr. T oh, well, anything else about the site? Uh, no, just thank you to everyone on Patreon. We are still going to get Nuka a mic, so don't worry. Um, it, I was I was out of town, and I just I felt like, you know what? We have had, we've never relaunched the site, so let's do that. In like 
and get Ever. it global friendly. So yes. we're getting there. Um, I put in here sleep. We're getting with the times. I just want I want y'all to know that sleep is good. I should get more of it. I've been I really have been trying to actually get more sleep, and uh, I, I think it works. Have you been using the brand new update on the Apple phone? There's something called Sleep Time. Bedtime. Bedtime. Yes. Yeah. Well, it came with mine, so uh, yeah, I like it because it's a, it does that little lullaby thing when it's time for bed. Have you heard that? Yeah, it's so cute. I'm like, aww. It's <laughs> pretty good to bed. Thanks, phone. <laughs> Um, and uh, you know what, I, I was going to comment a little bit about, uh, dress, but I think I'll save it for the next. Why not? Because yeah, time. So what have you been up to? Well, Oprah gave me a brand new car. Just kidding. Oprah didn't give you shit. No. Um, so I finally got a brand new car. My old car was getting to the point where I'd press on the brakes and the steering wheel would start smoking. So I just figured, you know, it might be time to get a new car. So... Um, I, I used to have like a 2000 Ford Explorer. Now I have, a uh, Mitsubishi Mirage. <laughs> what? A Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi Mirage. So no, it's, it's a good. 2015 and it's blue, not red. That's the only thing I don't like about it, but it's a cute blue. So yes, it's awesome to have a new car. And now to officially be in debt after so many years of not being in debt. But hey, it's what we have to do when we're grown up. So anywho, um, I also attended a holiday party. And um, the holiday party, I wore my brand new suit for the very, very first time. And there's a fan that's in it. Unfortunately, and I hope this doesn't happen again, but the air got really, really dry inside my head that my nose started to bleed wait what my air the air in my head got dry yes because i have a Percy fan in it. yes because i have a fan in it that's blowing Ooh. cold air on my face which it's really nice it's awesome i'm dry the the whole entire time <laughs> but um but yeah, all of a sudden, while I was suiting, I felt like this, like, I felt like I had a cold. And usually when you have a nosebleed, you can start to taste blood. I didn't taste blood. I was like, I must have a runny nose. That really sucks. But um, I, I'm i in suit now, and I'll just deal with it later. And that's gross. But oh, well. Um, anywho, long story short, it was... Um, Really, really disgusting when I took my new head off and there was blood all over the tongue of my fursuit. Yay! Graphic details that everybody needed to know and there's blood all over my face. And yeah, it looked like a horror scene. So yeah, but my tongue's removable so I was able to clean it up. So it was cool. And then I'll save the other thing for later. So Okay, sweet. What's next on our lineup? Next on our lineup. Oh, do you have it? Uh, you're not even ready, man. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. All right, here is the fortune for today. It says, 
If you can't be with the one you love, kidnap the one you love in bed with a cookie. What? <laughs> that sounds like Bowser. <laughs> wow. If if I'm just I'm thoroughly I'm thoroughly shocked. It's the best fortune ever. Good advice. Thank you for being a friend. And welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed your little potty break, like always. Now, today we have a special guest that we have coming back from back here um, to the studio. It's been one year since he's been here at our recording. And so we're going to catch up with him. So who are you? Hi, everybody. Eat that microphone. Just get right up on there. Give it, give it lips. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, hey, how's it going? It's Josh. I'm back. They, they invited me back for some reason. I don't know why. You know, I don't think that we called you Josh last episode. No, you didn't. We, we you didn't. called you by your furry name. <laughs> so what's your furry name? Uh, Valdez. Did you change it? I did. Oh, what was your furry name? <laughs> um, I think it was... Kathy, was it? Kathy yeah. last time? That's what it was. Yeah, I'm not using that anymore. <laughs> well, you are a new fur, so um, tell us um, tell us what you've been doing in the fandom or, or just in life in general um, oh this gosh. past year. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, I don't know, it's been kind of busy for me. I also got a new car. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Woo! Got a new car. That was awesome. My other car broke down, which is always great. You know, how that goes. Adult things. Yay. <laughs> Adult things. Dead. Woo! Forked out a wonderful, you know, six grand for a new car. Great. But uh, other than that, I got a new job. I work at a hotel now, which is pretty fun. Uh, it's really laid back. It's a lot easier than my old job. Not as much stress, which is wonderful. I'm grateful for that. Man, look at that. Uh, I, in, in furry terms, I, I almost have a full suit, so that's pretty awesome. That's cool. You you did get a get a suit. Yeah. The time. I, I have a suit, which is which is awesome. Uh, that's really fun for me. I finally am like able to. Uh, the first time I I first suited, I borrowed uh, and used the suit from Dadis. You know Dadis. Yep. And he was really kind enough to let me use it, and I did flips in it. It was super awesome. He like recorded me, it, and and that just like really sparked me to want to get a suit so I could kind of perform in it. And now that I have one, it's really awesome. It was great. I wore it over Halloween and stuff like that. It was great. It, oh, I loved it. Anyway, yes. Did you wear did you wear it like at the hotel for Halloween or <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they they want Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. So, uh so did you wear your head at at the hotel? I I wore my whole partial at the time to the hotel. Really? Yeah, for Halloween. It was <laughs> awesome. They I showed pictures of it to my boss and they were like, hey, you should totally bring that down to the hotel on Halloween. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I got to suit down at the hotel for a little while. All the guests were, like, really excited about it. So it was fun. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty happy about it. That's cool. That was fun. I've kind of just been up to, you know, maybe going to FC, which is cool. FC, you're totally going to be LFC this year, too, which is going to be awesome. Uh, being really silly and doing lots of uh, email replies. I remember doing that. There were so many at that There were tons time. of those. And guess what? What? This time we have nothing. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We have a little bit, but. Cool. Yeah. Well, I remember that, and then I remember us kind of just talking about, you know, things that we're grateful for, and uh, yeah, I think just kind of reminiscing on what we did over the year, and... Wow, you have such a good memory. That's <laughs> no. awesome. I, I didn't even remember until I opened up the last show notes last year. <laughs> no, I, I remember I was sitting on that couch right over in the corner over there. Yeah, it was. we had a good time. That was fun. Well, I'm glad that we have you back here at the studio. Glad to be back. So what are we going to be talking about today, Mr. Tugs? Uh, timing when you hand over the thread to me. <laughs> I was drinking some water. Uh, so as is usual, um, it is the holiday season and the season of gimme shit. Which, <laughs> well, not really, though. I mean, it's kind of annoying. Um, and uh, Rue didn't go shopping on Black Friday, which I am so super proud of, by the way. I worked. I, I'm i glad. Like, I was just floored. And I don't even know where that sound effect is I wanted, but... You know, I did technically go online Black Friday shopping. Actually, wait. I... What? <laughs> you did? You, <laughs> you, uh, you went shopping. I, I, took, I took care of the... I, I made sure to take advantage of the... The Black Dragon Black Friday deals that they had going on. That's true. I'm innocent. Okay, yeah, go you're ahead. Not. Um, and get, get out. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So it rather than you know all I mean, look, we all want stuff right now because it's the cultural thing. I get it. But we should take some time to stop and go. Okay, what really are we appreciative of? Because we have more gifts in our life than we're probably aware of. So that's what we're talking about today. I'm grateful, first of all, that I haven't screwed up the recording too much yet with this new hardware you're doing really well yeah, i know and it, it works out pretty good um what else i don't know i'll get to what i'm grateful for what are we doing now well we have an email from i mean not an email a recording, a recording from fido yes let me get that and but while while he's pulling that up um let's just let's just talk about like what is grateful like what is gratitude what is gratitude what what is gratitude to you what is the definition you're asking me yeah or what is like somebody that has that virtue of being grateful oh man how Um, do they act so that's lots of questions i just bombard you with no i'll answer um what gratitude means to me i guess okay so um i don't know i guess my boss at work right now, I see him as a really grateful person because uh, he's really humble. I guess you can tell that he doesn't have a lot in his life, but he is uh, he's really nice to everybody else, uh, no matter who they are. And I think that if you're really grateful for things, you kind of just have that, I don't know, you have that feeling around you, you know, where someone doesn't take 
you know, everything for granted. They, they appreciate even the little like small things that happen. And he always does that. So I, I guess, uh, um, humility is a big thing for me when I see that in people is just like, if you're, if you look at the small things and can see the, the small good things in your life, then I think that's a good sign that you're a grateful person. But how do you, how do you um, get to that particular point? How, how does somebody gain that particular attribute? How is that um, taught to an individual? Do you think? Oh, I don't know. I think you kind of have to, after, after someone tells you the definition of what being grateful is, you have to put it into action or you'll never really know what, you know, what it means to be grateful for something. Um, I think a real way to figure it out is if you just try to do things that for others, I think doing things for other people, um, no matter how small or big they are, I think can teach you how valuable it is. And you you can see the, you can see the joy in someone's eyes when you just like give them a hug or something like that. You know, you see that especially in the fandom as well as, you know, some people just need a hug or some people need you to listen to them. And, you know, you may think it's a small thing, but uh, you can see to them that it means something a lot more than that, you know? And uh, I think that can teach you what being grateful means, you know, just listening to someone or doing something for someone else, no matter what it is. Do you think that, um, you know, when people go through a lot of, a lot of pain or a lot of, um, a lot of, sorrow like they have they have bad things that happen to them do you think that the bad things that happen to us in our life help us in um in such a way to be grateful when we do see good things yeah yeah i completely agree with that just uh, i don't know i guess it kind of depends on your attitude but when bad things happen it kind of it makes you step back you know i think we can all relate with that you know when you uh, sorry. Um, yeah, I think when, when bad things happen, you just have to take a step back a little bit or life physically, you know, and emotionally pushes you back a couple steps and you start to realize that, uh, you can't just take everything for granted. So I think if that's what you're saying, you know, like you, you kind of learn that way when something like you lose someone or, um, you lose something, um, financially or emotionally, it, uh, can make you reflect on what you actually do have and you're, you can be grateful for it. Well, uh, the reason why I bring that up is I, I feel like that sometimes, um, I don't know, like people, people always look at the world as the glass is half empty sometimes. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to have that attitude of the glass is half full Mm. you have to be able to take the bad things and sometimes i don't know where i'm going with it i i I just i just personally feel that in order for you to learn um how to become grateful you have to experience the bad and i know that sounds no it sucks no 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 um i don't know if we've talked about this on the air so tell me if we have but um we've gotten to a debate at work about who's the more relatable character right batman or superman uh-huh. Who's the more relatable character for you? Batman. Why? Because he had to deal with a lot of shit to get to the point that he w- was at. Same for you? Yeah, I mean, you look at Superman and uh, 
I don't know. He he, he actually did. Too, well, but. I mean, he lost. He, he realizes that his his whole planet was destroyed. But Batman is a human. He's he's not a superhuman. You know what I mean? He doesn't have superpowers, but he. I don't know. That might be under debate by some people. But he uh, he really has to deal with a lot of the same things that we do. He's mortal. He can he can die the same way. And <laughs> right, it's Superman's too perfect. Right. So I I I think Batman gets it. And if you've never had to deal with setbacks, then no, you. I think your, I think your gratitude is there. I think it's maybe not as profound. That's a that's a cool way to look at it. I'm a huge nerd, so I kind of connected with that right, right there. Appreciate that. <laughs> I right. appreciate here's, that. Here's Fido's audio. All right. What up, guys? This is Fido, uh, that crazy old asshole from the desert, and you know. I'd like to apologize in advance if there is any background noise that pops up because there is nothing I can do about that in the time frame I was allotted to record this. On to my point. I'm... There's not a thing I'm not grateful for, to be perfectly honest. I've got everything I need and everything I want. Got a job, got a home. I've got things in my life that have been fulfilling to me as weird as that sounds please do not take that out of context and but more importantly it's the people i have in my life that i am the most grateful for the most appreciative of and that i would do anything for because it is these people that whenever i had nothing else nowhere to go no one else to turn to uh, it was these people my friends more so than my family my actual family as fucked up as it is to say were there to help me and catch my back so I hope that anyone else listening can find the same solace and happiness that I have for the holidays this year or in every holiday from here on out anyways i'm gonna stop rambling deuces so you get a first crack what's your what's your opinion oh, any, man. any comments uh fido seems like a pretty cool guy i mean <laughs> <laughs> he uh obviously i don't know i feel like he's been through a bunch that has caused him to fall back on the things that really mean the most in his life. He said his friends. And I think that is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I watched, I watched a funny thing yesterday on Facebook about uh, this professor who gets out a jar and puts in a bunch of golf balls and he kind of gives a relatable metaphor to life where the golf balls are the really important things. And then he pours in a bunch of gravel and he keeps asking every single time if the jar is full. And uh, sorry, I keep turning my head to the side. Uh, this professor keeps asking, is the jar full yet? After he puts the golf balls in and everyone's like, yeah, it, yeah, it is. And he uh, keeps filling it up with like gravel. And then after he puts the gravel in, he puts sand in and then he pours in a couple beers and uh, it all fits into this jar. And uh, he asks the class, uh, you know, if you put the sand in first, the not so you know not so important things um you won't be able to fit in the golf balls which are like your family your friends the most important things that you have in your life and uh you know that kind of just makes me see that when people go through hard times like 
Fido, you were saying uh, you fall back on the friends that saved you. And uh, that those are those, those golf balls, the really important things that you keep in your life that are there and they, they help you out all the time. So I, I thought that was pretty cool that he mentioned that. It kind of goes along the lines of what we were just talking about. Yeah. So it was definitely on point. And, you know, I think that, I think it's great that you bring up family and, and your friends and um, keeping close to those people that truly care about you. I mean, you could, you could spend your time putting your um, opinions, uh, not opinions, but your your heart on, on people that don't care about you. And if you spend your time worrying about those particular people, then you're going to be like a leaf that's blowing in the wind going all over the place. But if you, you know, if you cling on to the people that truly care about you, um, those are the people that matter. And that's, yeah, I think I said something, but I feel like I said nothing at the same time. That's okay. We're used to it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're a dick. No, I'm grateful <laughs> I have you to give a, a good punch to. Um, I don't have Moss's email. Do you? Mm. I, yeah, give me a second. Okay. All right, so so while Rue is is retrieving that email, uh, we just want to take a pause in the subject flow, and maybe this will make it, maybe it won't. If you email someone directly, it's harder for us to get it onto the air. Make sure you send it to the cast box if you intend for it to be on the air. Meanwhile, in another part of town... Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go to break, and then we'll come back, and we'll read that email. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have space news and various other fun things, and then we will be back. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Tuesday, December 20th, here are your space headlines. More unfortunate news from SpaceX. With the delays caused by the Amos 6 incident, the first manned flight of the Crew Dragon capsule has been pushed until 2018. It had originally been set for mid to late 2017, but as is the nature of rocketry, the timeline slipped. Now it's looking like the first crewed flight will be in May of 2018, so long as everything stays on schedule. An unmanned test flight of the Crew Dragon is set for November 2017. Here's hoping they can keep it on track. I'd like to not see any more rockets explode. China launched a next-generation weather satellite into geostationary orbit this past Saturday, or Sunday, depending on which side of the international dateline you're on. The Fingyun 4A is designed for a five-year mission, carrying with it more sensitive instruments, better and more accurate pointing capabilities, and a longer expected lifespan. It was put into orbit by a Long March 3B and is said to also aid in addressing climate change. Orbital ATK's Pegasus XL air launch vehicle was set to fly on Monday, December 12th, but it ended up getting scrubbed due to an issue with the hydraulic pump. The L-1011 carrier aircraft returned home where engineers and ground crew diagnosed and fixed the problem. A few days later, Thursday the 15th, the Pegasus XL flew. The L-1011 reached its target position and altitude, released the underslung solid motor rocket, and watched as it ignited and headed for space, putting a constellation of eight hurricane-monitoring miniature satellites into orbit for NASA. This is one of the cooler launches to watch, and I highly recommend you check out the video footage. The Curiosity rover on Mars is having a little trouble. 
The rover has a robotic arm with a drill on the end of it, used for penetrating below the surface to take samples of rock and soil not easily accessible. The drill, however, seems to be having trouble with the mechanism that feeds it downward, applying pressure to drill into the ground. What's interesting about this drill is it doesn't just push steadily downward to apply force. It can apply a percussive strike like a hammer on a nail, though not quite as violent. That mechanism is what's malfunctioning. Control teams are already in the process of working through troubleshooting and have tried a few solutions. For now, Curiosity is staying put until it's fixed. This is a key piece of hardware that needs to function in order for Curiosity to be able to do its job when it finally, finally reaches its intended investigation site on Mount Sharp. The Echo Star 19, a commercial communication satellite, was launched on top of an Atlas V 431 on Sunday, December 18th. The medium-class lifter performed just as reliably as always, and soon it was floating effortlessly in space. The satellite, known as Jupiter-2, is going to provide wireless services across North America. This was the final launch of the year for the ULA, fitting that this was its 12th. ULA is looking pretty good so far. NASA has been sponsored by Caterpillar, the construction equipment manufacturer, to hold a contest. The objective? Develop technologies and processes to 3D print a human-rated habitat suitable for the Martian or lunar surface using a mixture of materials, both brought along with and in situ. NASA wants to see systems that take in Mars or Moon regolith, mix it with a binder, and print out HABs for surface bases. There are already several teams with concepts of what the HABs will look like, but only one of them can make it all the way to the end of the competition. Good luck to you all. I can't wait to see HABs being 3D printed. That's all we've got for you this time. For more on space and space-related matters, check out the social media for all the agencies and companies mentioned. And don't forget to check out my long-form podcast, Committed to Launch, at committedtolaunch.com and at launchcommit on Twitter. If you've got a question about space, send it on in. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. Hey there. This is Puppy Raccoon broadcasting from my dumpster somewhere in Plano, Texas, and you're listening to For What a Ooh Shiny I Shining. Mean, uh, um, uh, I mean, uh, <clears throat> you're listening to For What It's Worth. <laughs> Ooh, shiny. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back. Oh, look, I did it. I did it. Uh, all right. Well, thank you to Puppy Ringtail for today's ident. And now it's time for something important. Today's episode of For What It's Worth has sold out for another time. Look at Ruse dancing over there. Today's episode was sponsored by Oaken. Oaken is bringing you the things you love just in time for you to be greedy for Christmas. Oaken, when you need it fast, don't call Oaken. <laughs> I need to come up with better lines. Yes, you I do. do. You need to prep them. I I do. You know, he's going to end up stop, you know, stop sponsoring. I'm so sure he already do, is. You know. Thanks for the support when we had it from you, Oaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we roll. Pretty pathetic. So, guys. anyway, did you adjust your mic for this little little soiree we're doing? Yeah, I did. Oh, good. Uh, we're talking about gratitude and checking mics. So we left off with an email missing from Moss. And do you have it, Rue? 
Did oh. you resend it to me? I I have it. Oh, 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 Our oh, guest oh, is not going Kent to be either. reading it's it. It's Juan Valdez. So Juan Valdez <laughs> will be reading us this email. Yeah, I got it. Rue Ru delegated this responsibility to me. So Yay. Okay. I hey. don't have to read. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's why you did it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he says, hey, cast it for what it's worth. Moss here, just writing in for the grateful episode. Yay. Remember, I'm on a mission for my church, so I don't know what the topic is, and I don't know if I'm late or early, but here goes. I'm most grateful for my family and friends. My family, though my parents are very, very conservative, is awesome. My parents are super cool and have helped me through a lot in life, and although they don't know I'm a furry, my mother supports me in my art and my love for foxes. Oh my gosh, that's, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. And the first time I attempted to make a tail out of yarn, it takes forever. She bought me all the stuff I needed for that. My dad has always has always helped me through school. My dad is super smart and is a great listener. Always willing to listen, but not prying. For example, when my first mate broke up with me, it was all online. Never met in real life. And I got super emotional and sad about it. My dad was there to listen and comfort me, even though I was being super vague about it all my brother my brother and i are total opposites if we weren't brothers i don't think we would have become friends he's two years younger than me plus i'm a nerd geek furry brony punk person thing and my brother's a total jock but he did a lot for me as well when a rumor started getting passed around the football and basketball team that i was gay remember i'm not conservative in the way I act or dress. He stood up for me and protected me. Then there's my little sister. Keep in mind that she is only 16. When I first became a brony, she gave me a lot of my she gave me a lot of her my little pony stuff for Christmas. Granted it was all generation 3 stuff, but it's still the thought that counts. She also supported my love of foxes and love of animals. While I was on a mission for my church, she sent me a picture of a fake foxtail she found in a store in the mall and was like, everyone else is finally catching on. She has been one of my best friends in my family. My friends and furry friends that have always been there to listen and help. Y'all are included in this, even though we've never never met. Aw. Rue, I've always looked up to you like a brother. And Tugs, I've always seen you as my favorite uncle that makes me laugh when he visits. My friends from high school that accepted my furriness and weirdness. These are some of the things I'm most grateful for. Your fennec friend, Moss. P.S. Rue, I hope that you're doing okay and everything with all that's going on in your life right now. I was really sad when I heard that you had a tumor. I hope that everything goes well. I feel warm and fuzzy. I feel warm and fuzzy too and I feel sad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. They're, they're both crying. They're so happy. Sad and happy. No, thank Fappy. you so much for for sending that in. And you know what? We're grateful for amazing listeners like you, Moss. <laughs> amazing listeners like you. And now the the news hour with PBS. Yeah, that's why I started getting it. All right, viewers like you. All right, so Juan Valdez. You've, saw, you've been saying what you've been grateful for all this episode, but is there anything specific you haven't mentioned yet? Oh, man. Do video games count? If that's what you're grateful for, sure. Why not? <laughs> well, who isn't grateful for video games? I mean, 
Uh, no. The time wasters. <laughs> <laughs> um, they matter. You know, after, you know, being in the fandom for, well, at least being involved in the fandom for, for about a year now, uh, it's, it's been awesome. You know, that the, the least I could say, it's been really cool. I've, I've made a lot of friends. Um, I've had a lot of great experiences just socially. It's helped me expand a lot. Um, I've gotten better at art because of that. And, uh, it's just been really great for me. I don't know. I feel like, uh, um, social, you know, interaction and friendship is really the lifeblood of, I don't know, my life, I guess it, it keeps me going. I don't know if that's it for everybody, but I know for a lot of people in the fandom, it's it's about the friends that they have, and it's starting to really become that for me. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for my friends too. Is that your phone? No. Yeah, that was my phone. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the internet everywhere. So sorry, Rue. What are you grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for living. That's good. That's good. good. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful that my tumor's not going to kill me. <laughs> I'm grateful for that too. <laughs> um, I, I'm really grateful for my family for taking some steps that I know that's been very hard for them to um, become a little bit more closer into my life and. They've started reaching out to um, wanting to talk to to my partner's mother. And, um, you know, they, they came to, you know, Thanksgiving. And um, we went to um, Shelby's grandmother's house. And, you know, it's been something that has been really hard for me for the past five years. And... Um, you know, it's great that they're trying, and I can see that they're trying, and um, I'm grateful for my friends um, for being there um, during the dark times and helping me through my struggles, because I sure have a lot of them. We love you. Oh, <laughs> thanks. But, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for, and I'm grateful for you, Tugs. You say that every year. I do. <laughs> I know I do, but uh, let me tell you why. Oh, okay. Let's qualify it. Get ready. I know. You, for some reason, you believe in me. <laughs> for some reason? Well, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit, you know, not all together and not completely organized, but you help me in a lot of ways to stay organized and... The show um, wouldn't be the same without you. So, man, if I was the Grinch right now, I'd be like really upset for all the love that's happening in this, <laughs> right? in this podcast. Uh, what about you, Tugs? Oh man, you know. So last year in this episode, I said I was grateful for it that I'm on the other end of the, you know, invest, invest, invest. When you're in your senior year of, of high school, you know, you go through your twenties. And then you don't really see the fruits until you get to your thirties, which is like, like you've really got to, you don't really grasp the long con, not the long con, the long game. Um, you don't, you don't really grasp it until you've done it once. And so like, I could sit here and go, ah, it's true. Unless you've 
learned not to have instant gratification all the time. It's really hard. So it doesn't matter what I say, but uh, continuing the whole investing paying off, I'm still grateful for that. Like it's probably been the the one of the biggest things in the last two years is just like they were right, and I'm glad that I listened. You know, I'm glad I had people that reached out to me. Just uh, to just to remind everybody, like what uh, what do you mean by the investing? Like, you know, it's so, by the time you're in 12th grade, right, like, you're tired, you don't, you see the not required obligation to go to school, and you have to learn to be an adult, really. You're you're about to have all the power and all the responsibility, and it's so easy to screw it up. Um, you know, and they're like, we'll go to college, and whatever. Whatever you do, make sure you're doing the best at it, and it will pay off in spades, you know. It's so, like, we all want to stay in bed all day. We do, you know. We can't, though. Not if you want to have, you know... A nice life. You just won't. Otherwise, you're going to wind up living on couches and and not having invested in your resume and in yourself and in your future. So, you know, make good decisions and do the best you can. If you make sandwiches at Subway right now or work at Great Harvest or whatever, then make the best damn bread you can make. It will pay off, even if it doesn't pay off immediately. Um, so I'm glad I had people tell me that. Um, I'm glad that Koru is not dead. And I'm not trying to be crass about it. That's the truth. I'm, I'm very glad that he's not dead. That would I would not be having a good Christmas season if that was the case. Um, I'm of course grateful for my husband who has been by my side <laughs> through a lot of what's been going on lately. Um, and I'm I'm also grateful that we have things that help us manage our time better because it's allowed me to do things I like more, such as this show. Right? He's clapping over there. <laughs> loud, loud applause yeah. everywhere. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm glad I've made it this far in life. It's really what it is. Because, you know, now that I'm starting to get an, a better understanding of not knowing everything, we all, I think we all think we know everything to a point. Like, deep down, right? Does that, am I, like, we just know that the world works a certain way when something disrupts that. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I'm, I have started building the tools to deal with interruptions and change i i can i mean i'm gonna chime in and just say tugs you've you've really built yourself and you've changed as a person in a lot of ways and i think that i i can see that change people have talked to me about how you've how you've changed and how you've been able to handle handle things so i I, you can cut this out if you want, but I'm validating, you know, what you're saying. Not, not that you, not that you need that. No, I know. You know, yes, I'm giving you compliments, but I, I you know, I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm just grateful for the opportunities I've been able to take advantage of this year. It's really what it is. It's been a good year for opportunities, travel, um, and the last year of. Obama. My goodness, you're always gone. <laughs> and man, Obama. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Where where has this conversation gone? I don't know, but we have an email to get us back on track. I'm getting it now. From Moriar. Moriar Morier. How do you say your name? Uh says y'all. No, really, it does say y'all. 2016 started with a crunch at work to finish out things that I've been planned to conclude last year and then tumbled into six months of a tempo that kicked my ass. Every weekend meant driving three hours to go back home, mow the lawn, pick up the mail, etc. Then come Sunday, another three-hour drive back to the town where my employer had worked for us. 
all while not being sure what was going to happen in the long run. And if my employer was going to get another contract with customer near where now where near my house is. I don't think that was correct. And all through it, the pet rabbit I adopted early last year was along for the ride. Before it started, I consulted her vet and knew how to recognize that she was having trouble and had plans for if I needed to hand her off and away for the constant traveling. But she got used to the travel, and no matter how quiet those nights got far away from home and without certainty, I wasn't alone. I'm thankful for the company of my pet rabbit. As an aside, one night while asleep, one night while away from home, she figured out that she could hop up onto my cot while I was asleep. She then proceeded to wake me up seven times that night because each of those times was a moment when most use of my time was to be petting her. See attached. Peanut on IkeaChair.jpg. It's a cute bunny. It is a cute bunny. I saw the picture. It's super cute. It's a little fluffy tail. It's interesting. It's. Do you feel like the little things become more important to you as you age? Yes, I do. Because I think that what happens is you start to start to to see those little little tiny things that happen in your life that you used to, you know, used to you take for granted, but now. You appreciate things because you've gone through so much that you start looking back and seeing those things. You know what? You know what I love doing, and I'm it's I'm called just, maturity. Sorry. I'm grateful for it every morning. <laughs> right? Like I get up at five thirty, I get to work by six, and the first hour of work, don't talk to me. Right? I'm caffeinating. I'm drinking coffee. Coffee levels rise, but that moment when you just sit there and you sip it, and the world goes quiet, it's like the tea ceremony type thing. You know, where it's like just everything's okay right now i may not be nice to everybody but everything's okay right now <laughs> you're a jerk during that time you're such an asshole it's like this is my time and i'm pre-caffeinated don't talk to me blah 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 no, i'm just kidding no it's not that bad but <laughs> it's pretty bad tugs yeah, but it's not like that bad oh uh-huh uh-huh you know one thing i <laughs> i really enjoy is uh that i don't know i don't know if you guys see this too but like you know how like you get your first dog i don't know if you have a dog or a cat or you have your first pet or something and for me it's a dog um but like you see adults they get older and a lot of times like their dog is there just to walk you know what i mean like that that's the only reason that they have a dog is so it can be a part of kind of just their routine you know like oh we walk the dog you know that that's all that really happens but my dog has been like one of the best things that's ever happened to me seriously like um every day i come home from work even if it's been a long or rough day my dog is always there just her butt, I have, I have a Corgi and an Aussie mix. So her butt is just like wagging everywhere. Her body is just like this gyrating force of love. And she just flies up. She can jump up into my arms. And, and it's just like, that is never going to get old for me. You know what I mean? Like some people think that that's a really, uh, looks like small thing. Like you were saying, um, that it can kind of diminish when you get older, but what were you going to say? No, I was agreeing with you. I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing going, ah. it's, it's just like, you know, those things that that that's just never going to die for me you know like a dog jumping up into my arms and licking my face everywhere and like that's always going to be a huge thing for me and i don't know that's just it for me i'm always going to have to have a dog in my life and uh yeah that that's that's never going to get it's never going to get old well 
Do you go home and is your boyfriend still wagging? <laughs> what? Does no. he like shake his butt at you? <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, yes, he wants to jump up in my arms and start licking me. <laughs> just kidding. Just Good kidding. lord. <laughs> uh, bedtime with Rue. <laughs> <laughs> So, any other? Oh, well, before we get to final thoughts, what's your what's some things that are happening in the New Year's? Any anything that that's coming up that you're looking forward to? Oh, you're looking at me. Oh. Yeah. Well, you are the guest. That's true. Usually, let you guys talk first, and then I get ideas after that. Uh, right? Unfortunately. <laughs> um, Cute. New Year's plans. Uh, I'm definitely going to try to get back to school and uh, get working on an illustration degree or animation degree for me. Um, I wasn't able to go to school earlier just because buying a new car and things like that kind of destroyed my money situation for me. But uh, I'm definitely going to try to get back to school and excuse me, get a handle on education for myself. And uh, I want to travel a lot more. That's one thing that I've been really wanting to do is uh, maybe get to the East Coast and go to some conventions over there, which I think would be really, really fun. Uh, meet some new people. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is probably going to be education, things like that, getting getting back to school. How about you? for you, Tugs? Plans for the new year um, that I can reveal at this time. Uh, yeah, I would like to not have a B cup or a C cup. I would, I, the, you just laugh and it, I mean, I'm being, I'm being facetious. It really sucks being fat. Like it does. Uh, because the thing is, is when you're in, when you're in your twenties, uh, no, when you're in your thirties, your metabolism starts dropping. And so like burning calories and fat is way more work, like just so much more work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wish I'd taken better care of myself. Um, but I, I would like, and I, I sound so stereotypical, but it's true. I would like to at least eat better and drop some weight. Um, it, like, we're not kidding when we say we like, we're not the prettiest people. Like you come to the show thinking, Oh, that voice is so hot. Talk to me dirty. Baby. Like, yeah. And then you see me and you're like, wow, bald fat guy. And then he's like, Oh, my gosh, it's true. Hey, some stereotypes are really good though. If you have a stereotype of wanting to. You know, apparently I have a voice for radio. <laughs> well, and then people at conventions come up to me and think that I'm transitioning. These are not boobs. These are man lumps. Man That's lumps. what it is. I am not transitioning. I'm not trying man to. Lu- man lumps can translate to many things. So I'd be very careful. With God saying damn it. I have a lumps. tumor. I have a condition. <laughs> and that's why I look the way that I do. That's my story. And I'm sticking with it. Exactly. Um, but I do want to oh, go ahead. No, no. Um, I want to finish the show site at some point with the overhaul. We're getting there. Um, I'd like to, of course, travel more. I only went to one con this year. Can you believe that? I haven't done a one con year since like my first year in the fandom. Oh, you know what? Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to take a break and Take. No, I've been traveling other places. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I bet that those other places have been amazing yeah. and, and a lot more memory. And you know what? I I would highly recommend people 
doing that. And if you're so focused on furry conventions all the time, you know what? You're going to get burnt out. And you probably should, like, limit the amount of cons that you go to and go take a vacation, a real one. That's true. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm working on my communication skills because, as you know, this is going to be our future. With the new president. So we got to make sure we're communicating. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? There's a new segment that's going on. What's going on? No. So no, that's all I, I I don't really have exciting plans yet. But it's like I said last time, I don't plan like it's not like a year is just an occasion for me to set goals. I should be setting goals all the time if I'm doing it right. Yeah, no, definitely. And I um you've said that before and I'm just it's not really goals, it's just like what are you, what what are you looking forward to in the new year? So I mean uh for me, I think I'm along the same exact lines as Mr. Tugs over here is losing a little bit more weight. Um, definitely getting, um, all my medical stuff under control would be amazing. Um, maybe make it so that I'm not diabetic anymore. Yay. By losing weight. Bend over. No, that's so, not tasteful. Um, oh my gosh. Are you serious? Why did you have to bring that out? Um, no, just, oh my gosh. I had to get them all in. Ah. Is there is there anything else that we need to say, like Wisconsin, Texas, or Wichita, Kansas, or whatever? All right, that's a good show. Let's go to break. Okay. <laughs> Bye. And- Fifty Sheds of Grey, the furry edition, season two, part, I don't know, three? You sure I haven't been drinking more? Why aren't... There's got to... Okay. More booze next time. This one's really good. So, I want you to know there's nothing better than this writing. Now, a little bit of setup here. They have just had some sort of sex. Honestly, all this fuss... I feel very sleepy. Obviously, she's had some great sex, apparently, if she's ready just to fall asleep. Your ass is a glorious color, he says approvingly, and he tenderly massages. Please do not reboot your podcast. He tenderly massages the cooling lotion into my pink behind. Well, she apparently has eyes behind her ass. It's impressive, isn't it? You know? Spill the beans, Gray, I yawn. Miss Steele, you know how to ruin a moment. We had a deal. How do you feel? In a bucket. Go and fuck it. I don't know. The estate of Dr. Seuss is going to sue 50 Sheds of Grey. Which you could you with a fox? Which you could you in his box? I would not hump green eggs and ham. I would not hump that Sam I am. 
listen, if it's green and you're sticking it in there, then you got some problems. You should go see a doctor about that. They got pills for that shit nowadays. Just remember that. Something like that. He sighs, slides in beside me, and pulls me into his arm. Careful not to touch my stinging behind. We are spooning again. It's Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka, where you can learn all sorts of nerdy psychological crap. Imagine that you're standing in a crowded place. Let's say a busy fast food restaurant for the sake of argument. So you're standing in line thinking about whether you're going to get the fries or the onion rings when you notice the sound of a couple arguing. Sure enough, as you look around, you see the couple. One of them has a very angry look on their face, and the other one soon breaks down and starts crying. The angry one gets up, kicks a chair, and storms out of the joint, leaving their partner crying at the table. Now, in this moment, ask yourself, what would you do? And be honest. Do you turn away and go back to looking at the menu like nothing happened? Do you step out of the line and walk over to see if the crying person's okay? Is it even any of your business? And does it matter what the other people in the room are doing at the time? Most importantly of all though, do you think it actually matters what you think you would do? The situation I've just described involves what social psychologists call bystander intervention. In a nutshell, bystander intervention comes down to a single question. Will we step in and offer help to someone if it looks like they might need it? Let's go back to the crying person in the restaurant. If you found yourself tempted to turn away or mind your own business, don't feel bad. You're certainly not alone. In fact, this tendency is so prevalent that many theorists believed for many years that people were by nature indifferent to the suffering of others and even somewhat sadistic. But in the 1970s, two social psychologists named John Darley and Bib Latonye pushed back against these assumptions. They argued that people weren't sadistic or uncaring, they were actually using information about the situation around them to make decisions about whether or not to help, and these were actually fairly logical and defensible decisions. What do I mean by this? Well, Darley and Latonye suggested that before we can step in and help in a crisis or emergency, three things need to happen. First, we need to notice that there's someone in need of help. If we're busy, distracted, or lost in our own thoughts, we might miss the crisis entirely and thus be unable to help. If you're busy thinking about your meal order, you may not even notice the crying person just a few feet away from you. Second, even if we notice the situation, we still need to determine whether someone actually needs our help. So let's say we've noticed the person crying in the restaurant. Do we actually need to step in and do something? Will they be fine on their own? Or will someone stepping in actually make things worse? If we decide that there's no crisis, no need for help, then we obviously won't offer help. But let's assume that we've interpreted the situation as being an emergency. Someone clearly needs help. According to Darley and Latonye, there's still one more step needed before we can help. We have to personally assume some responsibility to help. Maybe the crying person does need help, but should it be us that helps? There are literally dozens of other people around. Maybe one of them is a psychologist, or maybe one of them knows this person. Heck, we're not experts on crying people, right? So unless we feel like we have a responsibility to help in this situation, we're not likely to do it. One of the other big contributions Darley and Latanya made to the topic of bystander intervention was their research showing 
uh, that having others' presence can actually make us less likely to help. We're less likely to notice the situation, less likely to interpret it as an emergency, and less likely to take personal responsibility to help. To see this in action, they conducted a now-famous experiment called the Smoke-Filled Room Study. In this study, when people came into the lab, the researchers sat them down in a small room and asked them to complete a questionnaire. The researcher then left the room. A short while later, something unusual happened. Smoke started pouring into the room through one of the vents. The question was simple. How long did it take for participants to react to the smoke? That is, to get up and run out of the room for help. But there was a twist. Some people completed the questionnaire alone in the room. Others completed the questionnaire in the same room with the same smoke, but this time there were two other people present. These two other people were actors who had been instructed to ignore the smoke. So what did the researchers find? Within three minutes of the smoke starting, about 65% of people who were alone in the room ran to get help. In contrast, after the same three minutes of smoke had passed, only 10% of people who sat in the room with other people actually got up to go get help. So what happened? Why did so few people run to get help when there were others around? Something called diffusion of responsibility. If you're the only person in the room, you have to assume that you're the only one who knows about the smoke. You have a responsibility to act. But if you're in the room with two other people, it's different. Clearly they know about the smoke. After three minutes, it's pretty hard to ignore it. But whose job is it to run for help? Why should you be the one to do it? But there's more. When participants saw that no one else was panicking, they used that information to interpret the situation. If it was an emergency, they reasoned, others should be panicking. If no one's panicking, then it's probably not an emergency. After all, if it was an emergency, someone would be running out the door to get help. As a result, most people in this condition just sat there in a room that was filling with smoke. Now, it's easy to laugh at the absurdity of this smoke-filled room situation, but the researchers ran similar studies with a staged medical emergency. Participants were talking with someone over an intercom when suddenly the other person started having a seizure. Now, for participants who believed that they were the only other person who could hear this seizure happening, 85% of them ran out of the room to go get help. In contrast, only 31% of people helped when there were other people listening on the intercom. These results are chilling. When someone needs help, they're actually less likely to get it when there are more people around. It's informative to apply these findings to the furry fandom. In places where there are other furries around, like at conventions or in online forums, it can be frighteningly easy to overlook emergency situations. If someone's in trouble in a chat room, for example, talking about self-harming or if they're having a medical problem, it's easy to overlook this as an emergency situation. If no one else in the room is responding to it or taking the comment seriously, we might ignore it too, or just assume that someone else is taking care of it, or figure that if it was in a real emergency, someone would be saying something. Likewise, at a convention or at a party, maybe we see a furry who's had too much to drink and has passed out. They might be suffering alcohol poisoning and may very well need someone to call an ambulance for them. But with so many people around, we might not notice that they're in trouble, or we could just assume that someone's probably taking care of it. The take-home message is this. We might say that we would help in an emergency, but it's actually frighteningly common for people to ignore 
or fail to help when others are in need. This is especially likely to be the case when there are others around. The solution? Don't be shy about offering help. You might feel a little bit silly, especially if it turns out that help isn't actually needed. But it's completely worth feeling silly for a few seconds if it means one time out of 10 or one time out of 100, you're actually able to help someone who genuinely needs it. And if you ever feel that you're in an emergency situation, you can make sure that you get help by making people personally responsible. Point to a bystander, one person in particular, and ask them to get help. Make them personally responsible for calling the police or calling an ambulance. When you do this, you take away all the ambiguity from the situation and you get rid of all the diffusion of responsibility. You make it more likely that someone will help. And it just may be the difference between life and death. This has been a quick look at the psychology of bystander intervention. I'm Dr. Nuka, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. You're listening to For What It's Worth. Brought to you by For What It's Worth brand eggnog. When you need something rich and creamy to drink, think For What It's Worth. It's that special time of year. The air is crisp and chilly. The shops are overrun with last-minute gift givers looking for that hard-to-find item. And of course, the traffic. Since no one knows how to drive when the snow begins to fall. Yes, that evil white powder that signals the coming apocalypse. Why not sit this one out, kick back, and enjoy a tall, refreshing glass of For What It's Worth eggnog. We pack extra holiday cheer into every bottle. How, you ask? Premium Christmas tree nog oil, of course. Where did you think it got the name from? We venture deep into the most sacred regions of the mythical forests to find only the best trees. When we find an especially cheerful subject, we gather around it, hold hands, and sing. Then ritualistically mutilate its trunk with our ceremonial axes. Don't worry, they're blessed by the tree elder to ensure the tree's soul cannot escape. Then we take the fallen tree to our factory, where we put it through our patented cheer extraction grinder. The rest of the process is top secret, but when it's done, you've got delicious eggnog. That's all that matters. And it's so fresh you can practically taste the tree screaming. Just what you need to get into the Christmas spirit. For what it's worth brand eggnog, you'll be seeing visions of sugar plums dancing in no time. And now for today's secret code. 4, 18, 9, 14, 11, 20, 8, 5, 20, 18, 5, 5, 7, 1, 9, 14, 9, 20, 19, 16, 15, 23, 5, 18. Good luck. And now we're back. <laughs> this is Tug's voice. I don't know why we keep doing that. I don't know, but we're back. <laughs> Yay! So, we. What time is it? What are we going to do? It's about 12.30. Oh, 12.30? <laughs> Oh.
Alright, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. Alright, it is time for the mailbag. The time that everybody has been waiting for. Yes, I'm ready for this. I have some emails here. Yes, you do. One one in particular. That's for, that's for everybody. Yes. Alright, go for it. Alright, so this is from Moss again. And he says, I need advice. I listened to y'all's episodes on coming out and religion and all that. I've been listening since the beginning. I was 14 and in 8th grade, way back in episode 0. I still have it saved on my old iPod. Anyway, I just wanted to say thanks to both of you, but especially you, Rue. So I'd just like to say first off, I'm ADHD. So this is written how my train of thought works. (laughs) (laughs) I promise it'll all make sense in the end. You're not alone there. Obviously, since you've never met me, you have no idea, but I've always looked up up to you like you're my older brother. All your advice on the show has helped me so much throughout my life because I feel like I can relate to you. I grew up in an LDS home with very conservative parents. For example, I wasn't taught, oh, that person on TV is gay. Now, son, we don't agree with homosexuality, but it doesn't mean they're bad people. I was taught that man on TV likes other men, and that's bad. When I, when I said I was a brony, they got super worried. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid, I say I'm a furry because my aunt is a big fan of CSI and unfortunately has seen the furry CSI episode. Eighth grade. Dun dun dun. Sorry. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Eighth grade. Before I found you all. I began questioning my sexuality. So I don't know if I just assumed or what. It's just like I knew I wasn't straight, if that makes sense. Then I met a guy online. I don't know if I should count him as a boyfriend or a mate because we were both like 14 or 15 and we never met in real life. But yeah, he was great for a while. Then big, then big stupid story I don't want to get into right now. Needless to say, we broke up. In high school, I began coming out of my shell about being furry-ish at school. I had paw print magnets on my locker. I'd draw furries and not hide them when people asked what I was drawing. And during my senior year, I had some pretty awesome teachers that let me wear my tail that I made in class. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. It was this time that I found out on... It was this time... It was this time that I found out One of my best friends was also a furry and converted three or more friends to furry. Oh, wow. Nice. It was during this time in high school that I solidified the fact that I was bisexual. I had a crush on a friend. He reciprocated having the same feelings for me. Oddly, nothing happened between us. We were still, we are still really good friends. If you read this on the show, you don't have to read this part if you don't want to. We're going to read it anyway. Fast forward a few years. And I did a mission for the LDS church, and for some reason, furry got brought up a lot in negative context. When I'm home and join y'all, when join y'all's telegram group, I can tell you more about that. I consider myself a non-denominational Christian. Anywho, I guess the reasons I tell you, she says any whore. <laughs> any, <laughs> any whore. Yay! Yay! Any whore. Any yes. whore. I guess the reasons I tell you about this is, number one, I wanted to say thank you. Number two, I wanted to know how much you've helped me through my life. And number three, I wanted to ask advice for coming out to very conservative Mormon parents. Hugs and cookies, 
an anonymous fox. P.S. Once I'm home, I'm sending y'all a bunch of stuff. Also, I had Tim Tams for the first time. They are the shit. <laughs> Tim Tams are amazing. They're so good. Everybody, go buy one now. Especially Get now. them online. Whatever. They Just are the best cookie ever. They beat oatmeal raisin. You get privileged of first response. If you eat Tim Tams, buy hot chocolate and dip them in hot chocolate because it's amazing. Have you ever tried? Yes, I'm bringing the story up. Have you ever sucked it through the Tim Tams? It's so good. Okay. They're they're amazing. We get that. I wasn't going to bring it up, but he did. I'm sorry, Tugs. (laughs) I'm so sorry. What have I done? Um, (laughs) Well, anyway... um, it's actually pretty cool. I can relate to you a lot, Moss. Uh, I'm also LDS. And are, are you recovering LDS or LDS? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me talk, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> I guess I can kind of relate there. Um, I, I got home from my serving a mission uh, about two years ago. It was like two and a half years ago. And, uh, it's actually, you know, being involved in the fandom has been like one of the best things that's, that's happened to me in my life. Seriously. I've met so many friends because of it. And, uh, I came to the conclusion, you know, like, um, I'm also bisexual by the way. So that, that can kind of, you know, you can, I can relate with you. That's what I'm saying is, uh, it's, I, I, I probably know kind of some of the things that you're going through. Um, as for advice on coming out to your parents and letting them know, um, for me, I, I've kind of just, I've been independent a lot of my life and, uh, I didn't really worry about, you know, coming up with a specific way to actually tell my parents, you know, that I was a furry or, uh, that I was bisexual. I kind of just lived my life, you know what I mean? And if they wanted to know more about me, then they would ask me. And I, f- I figured that, you know, that would be the best way for me because it didn't put so much stress on my life trying to figure out some plan or some way to try to, you know, introduce them, you know, to, to me being a furry or, or anything like that. I just kind of did my own thing. And, and if they wanted to learn more about me, then they would ask me. And I figure, you know, the way people really learn things and the way they want to you know, interpret information is if they're really interested, they'll ask you. And, you know, I'd say just be yourself. Just, just be you. And, you know, don't worry so much about how you have to introduce it. Just be the best you can. And, um, really just, just, I don't, I don't really know quite how to explain it. Is there anything you can add with that? Yeah, I can actually. I think that you, um, you made a perfect response as far as, um, well, with everything, but the, the one point that, that I wanted to point out now that I've just completely forgot the point, but, (laughs) uh, wow, that was terrible. Um, no, um, you were, you were mentioning something about, um, coming out to, to your family and how, um, you know, the best way to come, you don't really come out as being furry. So, um, really just, be yourself like like you were saying just go out and just do what you want to do draw furries whatever and then if they ask you about it then you know tell them tell them how you feel and you know the the number one thing when you're selling the 
I don't necessarily feel like you have to sell the fandom, but I'm going to say that um, if you ever have to like sell the fandom to somebody uh, or give a pitch about what the fandom is about, don't be nervous about it. You know, if you be nervous about it or you like, oh, well, you know, some of these people are sexual, but I'm not that way, you know, like then it, it just it just looks like that you're hiding something, you know, just be yourself. And the people that truly care about you are going to respect and the people that don't you know why do you want them to be your friends anyway i agree so. i agree any thoughts that was my thought okay maybe express with art as well like if you really like to draw furries just keep like uh, anthropomorphic things draw like draw as much as you want and show your parents you know more of that and just steadily get better that's that's kind of how i I do that. I love to draw. So maybe, maybe express it that way through art. So what advice do you give to coming out like that you're gay or bisexual? Um, walk into a room naked with a naked man picture <laughs> and with a full salute. Like maybe just say you're going to go on a date with another guy. Next email. Next email says, Hey, Rue, Tugs and the gang. It's been a while since I've written to you guys, let alone listen to your show. You might remember me as Sketch, a Smeargle, but now I'm not so sure that version of myself is valid as it used to be. It actually didn't say Smeargle. Which leads me to the meat of the message. Despite the fact that you can stick a date to my entry in the fandom in 2009, the past year and a half or so I haven't been active in the community, save for the occasional perusal of my inbox on FA when I didn't have anything else going on. Now I guess it should be said that it wasn't because I felt I had to leave out of some big personal vendetta with anything or anyone. So-called real life simply was getting in the way and I needed to shift my priorities around to adjust. All in all, now that I'm starting to look back at the fandom, I almost feel like I'm a whole new furry or something. Not entirely sure how to describe it, but I know that I'm not where I was the last time I was a contributor to the community. So I guess what I'd like to know is how should I try and proceed? I'm not 100% sure of what might have changed in the fandom, so is FA still the place to be? Are there new ways of connecting with everyone? I should give a shot. Telegram. And beyond that, is it appropriate to try and rebuild my old accounts, or might I want to take a hard reset on some of these things? Looking forward to what you have to say and being part of the community again. Thanks, and the best to you all. Sketch for now, anyway. So, um, it's really up to you. So, the fandom is like a big big old swimming pool. Not an ol or an ool, but a pool. And... You've just been taking a little break out in the sun on your towel for a while. Now you want to jump back in. Jump in where you want and do what you were doing. And, you know, it's up to you. If if you feel like you have a lot of old habits or things you want to drop, then reboot your, your persona. If you liked how things were, then just pick it up and be refined. Either way is completely valid. Um, a lot of people will connect on... Uh, depending on your tastes, you've got Ink Bunny, Weasel, and Furry Network. Um, are there new ways of connecting with people? Yeah, everyone is seriously on Telegram, even our show. Yeah. Telegram and Twitter are the places to go. Um, and it's up to you. I don't know about a hard reset. It's how much continuity do you want? You're playing with your psychological container, so be careful what you do. You know, I think that they're also bringing up the fact of how they get back involved within their local community. And I have some advice for you. Don't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> no. Um, so um, I myself have kind of gone into a similar situation, even though that I've continued to do the show. Um, you know, I kind of fell out of the local community a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of a little bit 
scary to kind of, you know, take little steps here and there. You know, I burnt a few, you know, long story short, it's just, it's difficult. It's complicated. And, um, you know, getting back into the community is hard and, um, it just, but for you, um, you know, just go out there and, um, do what Tug said and do what makes you feel comfortable. Oh man. Yeah. Tugs, I agree with what you're saying. Um, jump in where you like, you know, and one thing for me, whenever I kind of get burnt out with, uh, like fandom things that is to just remember that the fandom isn't the source of like, you know, what, what made you a furry. I mean, and, and what you like. So always remember that, uh, you know, you can branch out without having to be super involved in the fandom and you can make friends without having to always, you know, try and be trying to contribute to. What are you talking about? <laughs> you have to be part of it. Always. <laughs> you take that. This isn't, oath, the, this isn't that the, blood Ill- oath. the Illuminati here, you know, <laughs> you're not wrapped into it all the time. But I mean, just like be selective, at least for me, be selective with your friends and, uh, like try to try to find people that you really, 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 really connect with, like that you, you know, you can always go to and that you can always, you know, find advice from, um, you know, if you, you can add us on Telegram, you can add me on Telegram if you want, you know, reach out to people and uh, extend your, your heart to them and you'll find friends that, that you'll be friends with for the rest of your life. So yeah, just be selective, reach out. All right. Well, you know what? I think that that's pretty much it, except we have the house. No, stop jumping the gun. Yeah. It's time for your one question game. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm not ready for this. Oh, but you better be. So, this is our sponsored question from Oaken. You ready? I, I, I guess so. He says, a group of engineering students from Purdue University reported that its licking machine, modeled after a human tongue, took an average of 364 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. 20 of the group's volunteers assumed the licking challenge unassisted by machinery and averaged how many licks to the center? Oh my gosh. Is this a trick question? Nope. I have no idea. Guess. <laughs> Give me a number. So the machine had 364 average. Um, how about 350? Uh, 252. Really? Yep. It takes three. One, two, three. Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 252? You said? That's crazy. Yep. So thank you to Oaken for buying five seconds of airtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Though, right? Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. It is housekeeping. The first menu, I mean, item that we have on here is sex. Sex is great. Menu. Do you like sex? Menu. Yes. What? It's on the menu. <laughs> what else do we have on the menu for today? Um, comment on the show site. It's new. It's big. It's fabulous. But commenting still works the same as it always has. So go there and make it look like people listen to the show. Please. We want to thank all of our supporting staff. Koru, 
Voss, and um, Mr. Tugs, and, and also Firebrand. I hate support staff. And um, also all of our interstitials that have um, sent in um, our lovely, lovely um, pre-programmed stuff. <laughs> we'll just all sit here while those wheels come off I'm fine with that Okay, that's um, great Follow us on social media Our bird account is at for what it's worth Our book of face account is at or Not at, no ats For what it's worth Our telegram chat is available on the front page of our site There's a link Yes, we- come and join us We want to hear from you Yep. What antics do we get on Get into in our telegram chat 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 I'd like pie. So, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> I'm just going to pull that rug, man. You give me a thread. <laughs> Anywho, so, um, yes. So, the next episode is abusive relationships and enab- enablers in the fandom. So, if you have encountered a situation where you have been in an abusive relationship or someone else has... Let us know. Tell us your story and send it to us over voice because we like voice. We also want to know any any um, advice that you may give or um, to people that may be in an abusive relationship, or if you've been in an abusive relationship and how did you get out of it? What did you What did you do? Or are you in a recovering abusive relationship and you have advice that you would like to give to to other couples that are out there? Like it. So if you would like, you can send um, messages to our personal stuff. But they won't get right on the air. You're just making stuff up. No, do send it to Cast if you want it right on the air. You can send emails to tugs at forwhatitsworth.com or rue at forwhatitsworth.com or koru at forwhatitsworth.com. Okay. All right. Time for benediction. Yes. This has been Rue. This is Tugs. And this is Valdez. And this has been... For what it's worth. Damn it.